Hi, my name is Jenny. And my name's Yui. Welcome back, Brew Crew. You are tuned into the Adam and Eve branch of the Conscious Cuppa podcast. Thank you for turning up and tuning in. We're here to wander, ponder, and delve into some more of the Bible stories and characters to reveal their hidden meanings. We'll share how they've helped us discover the true nature of our very own human imagination as it creates and shapes our life, the universe, and everything in between. Our claimer, rather than a disclaimer, is that we firmly believe the Bible is not history, but a reader's digest, an allegory, a story told as if it's true. When it describes people like Jesus, Noah, and Eve, among others, these are states of mind, states of consciousness, not actual historical people. The Bible's purpose is to stir you awake to your creative power and wisdom. We believe God is our awareness or consciousness and that we are all God, together dreaming this strange and amazing dream into physical reality. We hope these discussions give you a confidence that helps you discover what you can do today and every day to cushion the blows that inevitably come our way. We really love hearing from you and enjoy your input. So you can contact us on consciouscuppa at gmail.com, on the anchor.fm website, and you can tweet at consciouscuppa. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-C-U-P-P-A. And we have a special question for each and every one of you. Our question to you is this. If you were at a gathering, a dinner party, birthday celebration with one of the characters from the Bible, what question would you ask them? Send in your answers, or rather questions, and your beautiful mugshots. And Rukru, stay tuned for your very own African Easter egg right at the end of the show. But for now, we invite you to grab a brew, take a pew, sip in, and and wake wake up. up. Yuri, what have we got in our cup today? So, we've got some root beer, something that was introduced to me by one of my cousin Debs way back when. Yeah? So, this has been a real joy for me. It's an American tipple, really. It's something that the Native American Indians actually came up with first. And this one is by... It's an Australian brew, Bundaberg. So, probably the Aborigines in Australia also use these roots yeah Yeah. i love that one especially it's in a lovely glass brown bottle and somehow something out of glass just makes it mm, adds a little je ne sais quoi there we go (laughs) (laughs) even a pop yeah we also have some chocolates that james has uh, gifted as part of our birthday celebrations bouja bouja truffle selection number two Organic vegan truffles. Which means I can eat them. Lovely. Thanks, James. Thank you, James. We hope that you've got something wonderful brewed, something in your cup, something in your glass, something in your flask. Cheers. So here's what we do. Rather than TED Talks, Jenny and I are in bed. It's a bed talk. It's a bed talk. That's to keep it all relaxed and chilled out. Each episode, we pick a question from the public as we take a magic minute trip in the lift of life and talk through the story as we learnt it as a kid. And this week, it's part two of a two-parter. Last week, we had 
the devil. This week we are continuing, but with God. Mm -hmm. Then we send our question through the de-gobbledygook machine. And we'll see what we've learned since we got muddled up way back when. Then we'll put 10 minutes on the clock and share the new insights that we've had since then. Finally, we'll join these new perspectives up and see what it all means in terms of law of attraction. Ooh, the famous law of attraction. Yeah, (laughs) L-O-A. Basically, that means imagining creates reality. What I think about all day is colouring the canvas of my life. It's time for Magic Minute. And this week's part two comes again from Jim and Arlene. Jim asked, who am I? Arlene was asking, well, what happens next? What happens after all this? Last week, we covered the devil. This week, we're going to cover God. Yeah. So let's roll the dice, call the lift, and see who goes up first, who comes down first, answering the question about what did we learn about God as a kid? Mm. Let's roll that dice. Both got three. Uh-huh. Going up together. Let's have a little discussion. Let's have two minutes on the clock then. Yep. I like yeah. that. Okay. But while we're waiting for the lift... Oh, do you have a joke for us, Jenny? I do. I'm, I feel a bit apprehensive. The jokes seem to be descending. <laughs> okay. Give us a good one. The devil and Jesus were having a bit of a debate about who's best on the computer. So they have the 10 minutes. They set themselves 10 minutes Okay. to work out, to do as many things on the computer, creating PDFs, JPEGs. Oh, I like it. Yeah. This is I'm I'm on board with this joke now. Yeah. PowerPoint, Excel. I'm yeah, definitely on board the, with the this. works, creating videos. But they've got ten minutes. Podcast? A, podcast. A minute before the end of their ten minutes, lightning strikes, everything wipes out, computers come back on, devil's lost all the work. He is cursing. But Jesus, well, Jesus saves, so uh. <laughs> I love that one. Oh my goodness, I'm going to tell people that I've got to learn that one. That is brilliant. That is just so up my street. Joyous. Absolutely joyous. Here's the lift. So, look, what did we learn about God? Okay, so shall I tell you my version? Of, Go on. So, God sits up in the sky on yeah. a cloud surrounded by cherubs. Yeah. Just like that's basically telling people off but also granting them their wishes yeah i i had the the kind of cartoon image as well god is up there in the sky somewhere he's an old white man yeah long beard i mean i can't imagine god being anything but somebody with white hair yeah i think that's everybody's kind of childish idea where it comes from who knows yeah, it's kind of the, the, the symbol of wisdom, isn't it? Yeah, and then you have this idea that God is always watching you, even when you're in a house, and he shouldn't be able to see through walls. But it's God, so he can, can do see everything and hear everything. So you, you, of course you do naughty things as a kid. Not necessarily bad things, but naughty things. And then you, I did used to stop and wonder, did God see that? Am I going to get in trouble? And are we going to be struck down? Don't worry. My mum will take care of all of that <laughs> God didn't seem to uh, punish me unless he was punishing me through my parents. Yeah. You know. Did I think it was God or did I just blame the teachers? There's also the kind of eye for an eye thing. Oh. There was always like, well, this is why wars continue because you've done this to me. 
I'm going to do this to you. And that just carries on. And God kind of says, well, that's right. If, if he pokes you, you've got to poke him back. Well, it's funny. I had a realisation about that and I reversed it. I know that quite a lot of in the Bible is reversed. It's it's written in, in the other way around. Uh-huh. So what I thought was it's more of what you reap is what you sow. So uh-huh. I think that eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So if you go and poke someone in the eye, don't be surprised when you get poked in your eye, uh-huh. you know. Yeah, so yeah. for me, uh, the idea, the childhood idea, uh-huh. And the more mature idea has joined up. So yeah. it's much more what you reap is what you sow now rather than an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And oh, yeah. God, that's what God is doing. Okay, so let's update this fairy tale. Let's have 10 minutes on the clock and let's get going with answering Jim and Arlene's questions. So firstly, Jenny, who are we? So who are we? Last week when we talked to the devil, we know that the devil is the part of us that is doubting who we are he's always gonna have some social political idea of me as this pigeonholed you're this color you're this sex you're this age and all these things are limitations yeah you're a label you're a stereotype yeah and the opposite of that would have to be something that is limitless yeah that isn't pigeonholed that isn't this or that but is both this and and that. that yeah and is all things, all possibilities. We we believe that God is our consciousness, our awareness. So that is limitless. Mm. You can be aware of everything. And there's anything. nothing, you know, there's nothing that you can't be aware of. There's nothing that you can't be conscious of, especially over time and space. Yeah. Like as you travel, as you go on holiday, you become aware of more things. So in the Bible... We're kind of given this kind of family picture to help our minds understand it through a story. Yeah. The Bible is trying to kind of put it into a way that you might understand this thing that is limitless. So it calls that aspect of ourselves the father. Yeah. The father who has everything. Yeah. In other words, your consciousness contains everything and we call that imagination. There's nothing you cannot imagine. You may not want to imagine. Now, that's the wisdom bit. Mm-hmm. Because if you imagine things, they become a physical reality. Yeah. It's talked about as the father. So what God is would say is, if I had said, well, God, who am I? God would say, well, you're the father. You, you, you are creating everything out in the world. And you think to yourself, well, that can't be true. Because if I was the father, I wouldn't create this, that and the other. But we're told in the Bible, I create the will and I create the woe. I wound and I heal. I kill and I make alive. God does everything. And that's each and every one of us. You only have to turn on the news to see what kind of things that we're creating in the world. So like Blake says, we exist in God and God in us. Yeah, and that also has this connotation of there's a separation. But if there was anything other than God in the world... And, and the other we, we're kind of taught to believe is the devil, if there was really an other, would be completely at war all the time. It mm. would never, you'd never have the concept of peace because there would always be an opposition. There would always be something against you. Yeah, That world couldn't exist beyond probably a microsecond. Mm. So there has to be some hope of peace. There has to be some hope 
of oneness. We all do get into conflicts, of course we do, but that's only when there's the lack of awareness of me being at peace with myself. Yeah, and in Corinthians 3.16, it says that God's spirit, and then um, John goes on to say it's God is spirit, love and light. I like that. Mm. But we're very specifically also told when we're given this idea that we're, you know, we're not God, that we're not all God. It says in the Bible, we're all princes, we're all gods. We are all of us sons of the Most High. And what am I? I'm all imagination. I call things that are not seen as though they're seen. That's imagination. All throughout the Bible, we're told who we actually are. But again, this is not a literal translation. In John also, it says that God is the revealer. This is God revealing to us. It's a part of us that is revealing ourselves to ourselves. Yeah, you know? it's kind of like discovering. If, if there was no Bible, if there was nobody to tell me who I am, I would slowly, through just the curiosity, discover, mm. oh, I did that. Yeah, I remember dreaming about that last night and then today this is happening. Wow. Ha- let me try that again. I think there's this this idea that um, we can't be God because we wouldn't do all the stupid things that we do. But I think if you didn't know, you would naturally do stupid things that you don't really want to do, just like a kid does. But eventually over time, and of course this means that It can't just be one lifetime that I'm living. I would start slowly to unfold and get to know things a bit more, a bit better each and every time, each and every time. The kind of person I am, the coach I am, would like to reframe this in in the fact that we make mistakes. So when I say stupid, it's it's more actually about you're innocently making mistakes. Yeah, you're unconscious. Yeah. You're, you haven't realised you're God creating. This is creating. my parent. But yeah. you're right. This is an innocent mistake. It's an inevitable innocent mistake. Yeah, it's part of yeah. the story. In terms of what happens at the end of the play, which is Arlene's question. Oh, I want to say, the final gift to man. So this is the final gift to man. And uh-huh. that's also in John. The fact that you know you're creating. You're creating this yeah. reality. That's the final gift. Mm. So it's kind of like it's like watching Poirot or Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> and then everything, everybody's kind of sat down in a room at the end and and told exactly what happened and how yeah. did you get to this point. And I love that idea that right at the end of the play, you discover <gasps> you actually discover the big twist. Yeah, is that I'm you, doing I'm it. Doing it. <laughs> you didn't even realize that you'd murdered this person. You didn't realize that you gave this gift to that person. You didn't realize yeah. that. You created that house. You didn't realise that you started that war. You didn't realise that, da 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 yeah. And then Poirot says, yes, it was you. <laughs> and I say, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. But, you know, there's you, you do the wheel and the woe. You heal the wound that you cause so that you can choose more wisely. And it's interesting because the, you, do, you do wound. So this is the cutting down to the stump. This is the pruning, you know. If you don't interrupt those conversations and those thoughts that aren't in line with what you do want, yeah, you know, you're you're actually wounding yourself. You're like, well, oh look, no, I don't let, want to let, create that. But let's get this straight. You do not have to learn about the law of attraction in no. order to get the gift. A gift is something that is given with no strings attached. Yeah. It's called the promise. 
And yeah. the promise is you are going to realise that you are God, the Father, playing the role of the Father that gives, mm. provides everything mm. for your son. What is your son? Your son is the dream. It's the world. You love the world. You love the dream so much. You'll give anything to this son. But you don't, if it's a gift, you don't have to do anything. You don't, can't be good enough. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. It's undeserved. It's unearned. It's a gift. It's irrevocable. And it's also inevitable. And in Galatians 6, 7, it says, God is not mocked. Once you're, once you're, you've revealed this in yourself, this is, this gift has been revealed in yourself, that, that will be your truth. So the point we're making here, right at the end, is you get this gift of knowledge of who you are, but there's there's nothing you can do to to get the gift because it's a gift. So even the most horrible person is still going to get the gift, which is an act of mercy. It's complete. Doesn't matter what you've done, mm-hmm. and that's for everybody. And then we on to the next adventure, and maybe those people that we're labelling as horrible, mm. are just going through that lifetime. They're just in that state of that they've got to experience. Well, we've all done it. Yeah. You, you can't... You, the end of your journey is where you've been through every single state. You've been in the Hitler state. You've been in the Gandhi state. Yeah. You've been in all these states. And none of them is better than the other. Yeah. They're just states of consciousness that you pass through on a journey going through every single thing, picking up all the wisdom of, okay, maybe I won't do that again. That didn't feel so good. But it doesn't matter if you decide to stay in it. You're still going to realise at the end of your lifetimes yeah. who you really are. So shall we put five minutes on the five clock minutes on the and clock. discuss this all from the point of law of attraction? Okay. So although you don't have to practice the law of attraction there's no you know stipulation as you were saying about the promise the reason that I so joyously am now practicing the law of attraction and using my imagination because it does create a more comfortable more joyous more delightful life for me that I can take responsibility for that I can feel empowered to live and I think for me that's that's really important Every day seems more perfect, you know, when I'm consciously imagining. I can fulfill my desires instead of just hoping and wishing and having to take these knocks of, oh, I didn't quite get the job or the job that I did get isn't quite right. Things become much more full, rounded, just, oh. I think it helps to take the anxiety away Mm. because... If I don't know about law of attraction, what happens is I I feel like I'm relying on something that isn't true in order to to get what I need. And I'm relying on other people. And I don't want to have to rely on people who don't, in a sense, owe me anything. Mm. But let's remember that the law of attraction is working regardless of whether you know about it. it. So if you believe it's going to be hard to get the job, it's going to be hard to get the job. If you believe it's going to be easy to get the job, it will be easy to get the job. So the law of attraction is working anyway. But what the law of attraction helps us to do when we know about how the principles behind it, it helps us to 
have mm. more useful, more helpful beliefs yes. about getting a job. Yeah, more loving and more helpful, absolutely. And so when you, you're practising law of attraction to find that new job, it means that that self-reliance makes you feel more responsible. Mm. Like, it's not up to luck. It's not about whether other people are better qualified or not. It's whether or not you wholeheartedly want that job. Because if you wholeheartedly want that job, you wholeheartedly practice being in the job and allowing the universe to then shuffle things in order to make the job yours, to make it yours. So you can wholeheartedly work there and enjoy yeah, enjoy working there. And that's what I said last week about yeah. this job I had, definitely. And that's definitely a new manner of existence. So I know before I understood about imagination creating reality, I felt like I was a bit like a, a leaf yeah. being swept from here to here. Yeah. You know, the blows of life just kind of pushed me and pulled me in all kinds of different directions. This person's whim over here, I was pulled over here. And now I feel much more in what positive intelligence call self-command yeah i feel in self-command of my existence it's okay to go through life especially if for example you've always found it easy to get a job you've always found it easy to to make enough money but it's useful for the person who has struggled Mm. or has felt like life is unfair to realize life is completely and perfectly fair like you said earlier you reap what you sow yeah so when you sow seeds of doubt you get doubtful oh. situations. It is no. Yeah. But there's also the part of you that wants to know and wants to do better. And yes. I think that's the child in us that wants to do better, wants to know how to make this work without stealing, yes. killing, being jealous, envious and all the rest of it. You just want to joyously get what the father wants to give to you. The father is calling you home all the time. Come to my house. I've got everything that you need. I've yeah. got the storehouse yeah. here. I've got imagination here. Yeah. Use it. Use it as much as you want. And all the time you're thinking, no, but I have to speak to this person. I have to get this <laughs> qualification. But, I have to do this, that and the other yeah. to deserve it, to earn it. It's yeah. a gift. Whatever you want, it's a gift from your father. But you are your own father, father. gifting you this. That's how you got the desire in the so first wonderful. place. It's so wonderful. Anything else we want to say? I think this new manner of existence is where no matter what you've got, no matter if you do have a good job or enough money and you found that easy, there's something, there's some little... mm, Everybody is given given desires. And I think maybe it's all that amazing relationship or even just an amazing holiday or whatever it is. I think some people don't want for anything. They're very happy with what they've got. You're given a desire only so that you can try and work out where your father lives. Oh, I like that. You know, your father... It's like an invitation, isn't it? It's an invitation to come home and enjoy everything. Because if you're already enjoying it, so for example, you're born into a family that, that just seems to be abundant, there's no real place to go beyond that. But if you're like you and I, which are, who are born into a families that are, that need, mm. you're going to be given desires. You're going to want things. Mm, I see and, what you mean, and, yeah. and the wanting is always a call to the prodigal son to return home and get everything. No strings attached. To wrap this up, you're going to attract things into your life, whether you're 
exercising and practicing law of attraction or not. Yeah. The question is, are the things that you attracted into your life what you want? Yeah. Or not? And if they're not, read Neville Goddard. And if you don't like Neville Goddard, read The Secret. And if you don't like The Secret, read Celestine Prophecy. Oh, I love them all. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> or even What the Bleep Do You Know? There's something out there for everybody to learn what is already happening so that you can work it even better. Yes. Yeah. And that's it for this week. Part two of two parts is over. Send in your wonderful mug shots. Send in your questions to the Bible character of your choice to us on Twitter at Conscious Cupper and Gmail. Conscious at gmail.com. And you can also leave a message directly on our anchor.fm webpage. This has been a slurping good time. A swell cup. And the perfect brew to wake up to. Root beer brew. <laughs> Thank you for listening and hopefully learning. Bye. Bye. crew thank you for waiting right to the very end for your very own african easter egg yuri it's all on you okay one who causes others misfortunes also teaches them wisdom one who causes others misfortunes also teaches them wisdom yeah. But we know we're, we're causing our own misfortunes and well, teaching ourselves. It, yeah, it's, wisdom, it's kind it? of the devil and God again, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's like Job, the trials of Job. Mm. Oh, wow. Bye. Bye. <laughs>